Our gospel lesson today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9, verses 2 through 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, is it good for us to be here? Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them. A voice came from the cloud. This is my son with whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except for Jesus. And they were coming down the mountain. Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Eddie Charles Spencer grew up in the Mississippi Delta. Now, Eddie's family didn't have much, and at an early age, Eddie began to participate in behavior that wasn't very good. He started to participate in things like drugs and alcohol, and then participating in activity that really was not a good thing. Eddie began to find himself in trouble, and at the age of 17, Eddie committed a crime. Eddie robbed someone's house, went into the man's house, and a man looked at him and said, you can take all that I have, but what you need is a relationship with Jesus. Now, I like to think that if I were in that situation, I would be able to say the same thing, but I think this man had great courage to say that to Eddie. As Eddie found himself uh, headed to prison for this act and a few others, he went to the Mississippi State Penitentiary, also known as Parchment in Mississippi. While Eddie was in prison, he quickly found himself the boxing champion. And one night, Eddie found himself thinking and scheming of a way to accelerate his authority because he was now the boxing champ. He was planning to harm some of his fellow inmates. That night, as Eddie was laying in his bed, he had this encounter with God. He woke up in the middle of the night, and all he could hear was, what you need is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Eddie was a strong young man, and he was angry. Angry for the life that had been dealt his way, angry for the things that he had done, and all he could hear over and over and over again were the words of this man 
that in his own words, Eddie would say, just wouldn't go away. That night, Eddie had an powerful encounter with God. His life changed. Eddie, now it was a journey to change, but Eddie's life changed. Eddie was transformed by the incredible experience he had that night when he wrestled with God. He was humbled and changed and empowered to live life differently. And now Eddie Charles Spencer is a United Methodist pastor in Jackson, Mississippi, with a beautiful life that he would say he could have never imagined, with two wonderful, successful children, a wonderful wife, and a life of ministry that I think no one would have ever seen coming. His story is one of hope, one of power, and of God's presence at work. It is a reminder that we too are called to listen and to follow Christ. And I have to add just one more thing. Eddie was taught to read the Bible while he was in parchment. And the brother of the man that he robbed taught him how to read it. You can't make it up. Only God can do things like that. Our scripture passage for today is all about power and hope and the transformative work of God. Jesus takes Peter and James and John and he led them up a high mountain by themselves. And when they arrived, Jesus is transfigured. He is transformed and his clothes become dazzling bright. And then Elijah and Moses appear. And the disciples are officially confused and afraid and overwhelmed. And we see Peter finally speak up and say, should we be here? Should we leave? Should we build tents? What should we do? I can see myself kind of being in the same boat. Um, I mean, Jesus is shining bright and Elijah and Moses are there. What is happening? Peter didn't know how to respond and a voice suddenly from a cloud says, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. We see this similar voice at Jesus's baptism where he's, God says, this is my son, the beloved. For us, when we read this passage from Mark's gospel, we know as readers what is to come and the foreshadowing that is to come. We know that Jesus is headed to the cross and we even see this at the end of our reading for today as Jesus orders them to tell no one about what they have seen until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The transfiguration of Jesus reassures Jesus' core disciples and Mark's readers and us that Jesus' prediction of betrayal and death and resurrection are to be trusted. The struggles yet to come for Jesus should in no way diminish confidence in the promises of his predictions of resurrection. 
as Mark's gospel drives toward the harshness of the passion that is to come and the ambiguity of an ending without a resurrection experience here in Mark, the story itself of transfiguration shines as a beacon of hope. The message of transfiguration demonstrates the power of God and shows Jesus's divine identity. The light that shined brightly on him was a light that didn't shine just from the outside. It was a light that shone from him from the inside. And the bright light of transfiguration reminds us and affirms life. A light that shines as we turn toward and we cling to as we begin the season of Lent. It helps us during the season of Lent to keep perspective that we are never without hope. The light speaks a promise that God is here. God is present. God is gracious and loving and ever faithful. The disciples experience this amazing moment and yet this very hard moment. Recognizing that Jesus was going to die, but also knowing that he would be raised from the dead. They were being asked to keep this message to themselves and to wait to share it with the world. That's a hard task to not share this incredible moment on a mountain. Even the confusion of it. It's hard to keep that to themselves. But the disciples, I'm sure, and I'm sure they didn't want to accept that Jesus was going to have to suffer and die. And their task at that moment was to just follow. I don't know about you, but in the midst of that moment, in the midst of knowing what might come and in the uncertainty of it, it would be very difficult to just be quiet and follow Jesus wherever Jesus was leading. I can't imagine being faced with this situation, but we are all called to sit in a place often where we don't understand everything, yet we are called to follow. And the question really is, will we follow? Can we go where Jesus is calling us? And can we trust Jesus to walk with us along the way, even in our questions and our doubts and our fear. Six years ago, I was ending my time, I can't believe it's been six years, but six years ago, I was ending my time at Candler School of Theology at Emory. I was ready to enter into this life of ministry, whatever that looked like. I had finished my academic work. I had written all of my paperwork. I had gone before the Board of Ordained Ministry. I had done all of those things, and I was filled with joy because I had finished that piece of it. But I was also extremely anxious because I had no idea where I would end up going. I had entered into this life saying, okay, God, send me where you will send me. And for those of you who don't know, pastors, uh, elders in the Methodist church serve under itineracy, which is means the bishop and the district superintendents appoint us where they believe we will 
best fit and go. And so I was impatiently waiting to hear where God was sending me. I was technically in the Mississippi Annual Conference, but was hoping to serve on loan here in Georgia. And in a moment where I was extremely overwhelmed about where that might be and how that might all unfold and asking God every question I could think of, I came to Peachtree Road. And I came right there to that altar and I knelt and I prayed. And I'll never forget not knowing what to pray because I had too many questions to ask God. And I was too filled with uncertainty and anxious about what God might do. And I was asking God to remind me of God's faithfulness because I knew God was faithful, but I didn't know where God was leading. And so I was asking God, really I wanted God to just make it all happen and tell me where I was going and all the things would be great. But that's not what happened. But I asked God to show up and to help me understand and to listen and to follow wherever God was leading me, to give me the peace and the patience to do that in the meantime. I don't know exactly how the disciples felt when they saw Jesus transfigured before them. And I don't know exactly how the disciples felt when Jesus said, don't say anything until after the resurrection about this. But I can imagine they felt a lot like I did that day when I came here and knelt at this altar. They knew God was faithful. They knew something joyous and good was coming. They didn't know what they might experience in the meantime, but they knew that God had asked them and Jesus had asked them to trust and to follow, to walk and to go. And even with all their fear and uncertainty, their doubts or even their questions that God was faithful to show up. When I knelt here at this altar, I didn't really know what to pray. And oftentimes when I don't know what to pray, I come up with words from a hymn. <laughs> it's a way for me to hear and to, to say something or to say something that's on my heart without knowing exactly what I'm trying to say. And I'll never forget as I knelt there, I said, I just prayed, open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth thou hast for me. Open my ears that I may hear voices of truth thou sendest clear. Open my mouth and let me bear gladly the warm truth everywhere. Open my heart and let me prepare love with thy children thus to share. Silently now I wait for thee Ready, my God, thy will to see. Open my eyes and my ears and my heart. Illumine me, spirit divine. I think today our prayer, as we reflect on the transfiguration, this transformative work we are invited not only to do, but to experience in our own hearts and lives. Our prayer is, silently now I wait for thee. Ready, my God, thy will to see. 
Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. Illumine us, Spirit divine, to see and to do the work of God in the world. Today, we are invited to follow Christ, to experience the transformative work of Christ. We are invited to see the power and glory of God and the love of God that is never failing. And we are invited to share it with the world. As we enter into this time where we reflect the season of Lent that we begin this week is a time for us to reflect on our lives. We find and are empowered to invite the Spirit of God to work within us. And so let us this day and these weeks ahead us be reminded of the power of God at work and let us pray that God will speak and use each of us in mighty and powerful ways as we are transformed by the love of Christ. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.